Andrea. And I'm Claudia. And we're the Judgy Crime Girls. Hello. Hello. Thanks for tuning in this week. Yes, welcome. So you guys, I turned... Lordy, lordy, look who's 40. Woot, woot. <laughs> 40 is the new 20. Of course. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And 50 is the new 30. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. What tip do you have to keep us all alive? Well, this week? so I saw over the weekend on my next door app. It's called Next Door. You can post in there in your neighborhood and your, you know, edition. And this came from a neighborhood or an edition that's about 10 minutes away from me. And somebody broke into their house, but they came through the second floor. So they didn't have the windows locked. I want to just tell everyone because I thought, how are they going to come up here, right? Like, I don't need to close my window or lock it. But uh, now I am. I'm locking it uh, because those burglars are called second story men and they prefer to break into a home through a second floor window because they know that most homeowners don't tend to lock upstairs windows and doors. So make sure you lock up the second floor access points when you leave your house and also don't leave any ladders or anything outside in your yard, you know, they can use. I was just getting ready to say that is a man that's determined. Oh, yeah. Yes. Going to the second floor. I've thought and I know that I need one. I should get one of those fire letters Uh for my second floor. Yeah. But also... If there was ever a struggle downstairs and my older kids felt like that was the safest route out, mm-hmm. it's something to invest in. It's just like a little ladder you throw right. out the window. But then I've also thought my teenagers would probably use that on a Saturday night <laughs> to just yeah, <laughs> get right. out of Dodge. Exactly. So no... That's amazing to me. Yeah, I just... Who would have thought? Not me. (laughs) I just, I was like, oh my gosh. So I went around. Even though I was home, I locked all the windows. Good for you. Yeah. I'm like, never again. That's awesome. I had the Nextdoor app Mm -hmm. and I just hadn't thought about it for a while hadn't used it it is nice some of my neighbors are on there yeah, and exactly you know what's going on even in a neighborhood next to you down from you or I'm just nosy that way I gotta know what's going on in my zip code okay <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta know I'm nosy Nelly I'm like oh, but I will never comment on anything <laughs> I just sit there like, oh, great. Oh, here comes Karen again or whatever it may be. I'm a lurker. <laughs> I, I'm i not so much. I kind of keep to myself. I saw this play. It was called The Play That Goes Wrong. It was so funny. It was a murder mystery oh, comedy. Fun. And the corpse just kept, like, coming back to life randomly throughout the play. It's like those birthday candles you try to blow out and they keep coming back on. (laughs) It's like, damn it. But it was so funny. So if you ever, I don't know, if that play is ever in your area, you got to check it out. The Lucky Stiff is playing at the Arena Dinner Theater. And that's Uh really what I wanted to go see. But so glad that we snuck into that one. It Was Was it just one night? I think it is still playing. Okay. I might have to look into that. I love that kind of stuff. It's always fun. Super fun. I laughed so hard for so long. (laughs) It was a great time. Oh my gosh. And I could hear you 
cackling. (laughs) I can hear it. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm usually a bum. It's like you on Friday. (laughs) Hey, let's have some drinks. Dude, I took my bra off. (laughs) It ain't coming back on. I'm sorry. And I know all you ladies out there can totally identify with this. Yeah, I texted her. I'm like, oh, my God, we're all going to Dos Margaritas. Please meet us. Literally, what, 525 or so? She's like, I can't. My bra's already off. What the hell is wrong with you? I come home and I go straight upstairs. I don't say hi. I don't say anything. And these clothes are coming off. And I put on my shorts and a T-shirt. I got to be free. Free falling. I'm all about it. I don't like being confined. (laughs) Well, I know I'm not the only one that feels that way about bras. So (laughs) So what you got for us today? The strange disappearance and deaths of the Jameson family in the San Boy Mountains. San Boy. Oh, my God. But Uh we're in America. The San Boy Mountains are a small mountain range in southeastern Oklahoma and part of the larger Wichita Mountains. Mm-hmm. It's a frontal belt of the Wichita Mountains and is a French term meaning without forest or without wood in English. I said San Boys and Claudia is saying San Bois. San Bois. San Bois Mountains. So the Jameson family. In the San Bois Mountains. On October 8th, 2009, Bobby Jameson, who was 44, and his wife, Sherilyn, who was 40, and their six-year-old named Madison and their dog named Maisie loaded their pickup truck and headed into Oklahoma's San Bois Mountains and were never seen alive again. (gasps) This is their story. So the Jamesons raised eyebrows in the very small town of Eufaula, Oklahoma, on October 8, 2009. Bobby, Sherilyn, and their six-year-old loaded up their pickup truck with their belongings. They drove 30 miles to an area called Red Oak in the mountains because Bobby and Sherilyn were thinking of buying a 40-acre plot of land out there. Oh, wow. Most peculiar, they had decided to plan on living in a storage shed that they had already owned on the land that they currently had. While building a home or? This was a somewhat rushed decision. Okay. So I feel like their temporary plan was to live in this. The article says shed, but Mm -hmm. really what it reminds me of is like a shipping container. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you can imagine of those tiny houses that Mm -hmm. are all glammed up, but then knock it down about... (laughs) 40 notches. Okay. That's the goal here. They're like, this sounds great. Yeah. Well, and I do know because my ex-sister and brother-in-law bought some land. They put a trailer home on that plot while they built their home. And I know a lot of people do that. Yeah. So Bobby and Sherilyn visited an associate of the landowner. And when the meeting was done, the family parked and went for a short walk. Around 15 minutes, they took their GPS with them and found a quiet spot on a hillside. And after they returned to their vehicle, they drove a little further. And then with the truck left locked in the middle of a dirt track, 
they vanished. Sherilyn had a son from a previous relationship, and that strapping young boy was 12-year-old Colton. Although he didn't live with the family full-time because just three months prior to the disappearance, Sherilyn's ex-husband from her first marriage had won full custody okay. of him, which is not common, so that leads me to believe home life wasn't great, right. maybe. So devastated, Sherilyn was hospitalized following a failed suicide attempt in September. So he got custody in July, and by September, she was attempting to take her own life. Oh. During the custody hearing, Colton said he would prefer to live with his dad and described his mother as very depressed and that she often acted, quote, strangely. Sherilyn struggled with bipolar disorder and had been prescribed medication, but since her condition was poorly controlled, she often experienced bouts of severe depression. And that's so hard. I'm sure she has like ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird because Colton, he saw her two weeks before the family disappeared and she never said anything to him about their plans to move. So what happened to his family? Bobby and Sherilyn had recently spoken to a pastor about some very serious and urgent concerns that they had. They believed that their home had dark spirits in it and that an exorcism might be needed. Madison had started talking to an imaginary friend named <gasps> Emily. No. And kids do that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. They do, but you know, Sherilyn believed up and down that Emily was actually a very dark spirit. At one point, Bobby asked the pastor if he knew of anywhere that he could purchase something to protect himself from these ghosts that were living there. And Bobby was also planning on trying to exercise the spirits. He had a copy of the Satanic Bible, and he was trying to rid the home with it of these spirits that were haunting them. A friend of Sherilyn's told the police that she sometimes held seances with her and that Sherilyn took them really seriously. Sherilyn had written graffiti on the storage containers I was talking to you about, mm -hmm. which is like their tiny house. Right. <laughs> She wrote on there about her black cats being poisoned. She believed someone in the neighborhood had killed her cats. So she wrote, witches do not like it when their cats are killed on these storage containers. On the outside? Yes. Okay. She spray painted it in black. So people could see it. Yes. Okay. Talk about neighborhood watch, okay? <laughs> Friends and family agreed, though, that the Jameson's house was haunted. And a few have shared that they, too, experienced odd things. Nikki Shenold, Sherilyn's best friend, said, In all seriousness, that house was haunted. I don't want to sound crazy, but whenever I went there, I felt a horrible presence. Initially, when the Jamesons went missing, none of their friends and family felt like it was anything serious right away. Bobby and Sherilyn were known to kind of fall off the radar from time to time, and Madison had already been pulled out of school. Okay. But on Saturday, October 17th, 2009, hunters on dirt bikes ran across the Jamesons' abandoned truck in Latimer County, northwest of Red Oak, and called police to report the vehicle. Initially, the police assumed the vehicle to have been stolen, as the report suggested the truck had only been on the side of the road for a few hours. But later that day, the same hunter called back to confirm to police that 
it had been there for several days, not just a few hours. Well, it was located about an hour from their home, but the Jamesons, they were nowhere to be found. Six years prior to that, Bobby had been in a car accident that left him with permanent and chronic back pain. And so they felt like physically he wouldn't be able to travel far from the vehicle. mm -hmm. Okay. The Latimer County Sheriff soon realized something serious had taken place. He organized a search operation with over 400 volunteers, horses, mules, ATVs, 16 teams of cadaver dogs, and an unmanned drone. Wow. They found nothing. During the searches, the cadaver dog teams repeatedly found scents near a nearby water tower, which was promptly drained, but no evidence concerning the missing family could be found. Police searched the truck and found Bobby and Sherilyn's cell phones, $32,000 in cash, (gasps) maps, a GPS, Sherilyn's purse, and wallets. In addition to that, they found the family's thirsty and malnourished dog. Oh, not the dog. Almost dead, barely hanging on, but survived. The vehicle was in working order, had fuel, and hadn't been in an accident. (gasps) Okay. The $32,000 in cash stuffed under the driver's seat was puzzling as the family was on disability at the time. Was it to buy the land or something more sinister like drug dealing? The truck, interestingly enough, had been locked. Had to pry the door open. Okay. When you lock your car door, usually you are going somewhere and you have the keys and you have the keys right and you definitely wouldn't leave your dog in your locked car if you're rushed and you're coming right back in the truck investigators found an 11 page hate letter (gasps) from Sherilyn to bobby what she said he didn't care about his daughter She listed all the things she hated about Bobby, including that he was a loner and a hermit, and she wrote that she wanted a divorce. Well, during their initial investigations, the police found no signs of a struggle, either in the vehicle and on the soft ground around the truck. There was no blood and no broken glass. Rubbish was strewn around the truck, but it didn't look like there was a struggle. Okay. So it is speculated that they either left willingly or Mm -hmm. they left by gunpoint force it wasn't a situation where they fled and it wasn't a situation where they fought so on november 16th 2013 a little over two and a half miles from where the truck was located deer hunters discovered the skeletal remains of two adults and one child They were in the Smokestack Hollow area of Panola Mountain. The area was extremely remote, and the three bodies were severely decomposed, and the remains consisted of three skulls, a number of bones and bone fragments, the victim's shoes, and some scraps of their clothing. Their bodies were face down in a row, almost execution style. Forensic testing confirmed eight months later that the remains were Bobby Sherilyn and little Madison Jameson. Mm. It had been four years since the Jamesons had vanished. So when questioned why the initial searches had found nothing, the Oklahoma State Police Bureau told reporters that falling leaves maybe had potentially obscured the bodies. It was fall. 
It was October. Yeah. Still odd. Maybe makes you think that those bodies were placed there later. I mean, we're talking 16 teams of cadaver dogs, and it was less than two and a half miles from their truck. It just, none of this makes sense. Due to the extensive decomposition that had occurred in the four years since their disappearance, it was deemed impossible to determine a cause of death. Though one of the skulls, Bobby's skull, had a small hole that was initially suspected as being a bullet wound. Later, the police dropped this theory, but the hunters who found the bodies disagreed. That it was a bullet hole. Mm -hmm. Okay. But that was only found on him. And the hole in Bobby's skull could have been caused by animals. Much of their remains were devoured. Okay. The local sheriff's department and FBI agents spent months chasing down leads and questioning potential suspects, but all the leads came to a dead end. So speaking after the disappearance, Sheriff Buchamp summed it up saying a lot of investigators would love to have as many leads as we do. The problem is that they point in so many different directions. The police found surveillance video footage from outside the Jameson's home, and the video shows Bobby and Sherilyn walking back and forth around 20 times from their house to their truck, loading items in a zombie-like trance. Sometimes they weren't even carrying anything at all. At times, they stopped and stood with a vacant look on their face. The odd behavior in the CCTV video suggests that drugs may have been involved. But with severe depression and paranoia, it's not hard to imagine that the house had a heavy feel to it. Mm-hmm. And I watched that video. It's obvious they're not overjoyed about moving. They're not high-fiving each other. Yay, we're moving! No, not. it's not like that. Right. But, you know, moving's hard and it's not fun. And it sounds like she... Had 11 pages of hatred going on toward Mm -hmm. him, so could be just that. No one was tripping. No one stumbled. I mean, if you've ever moved, you feel like a zombie, too. Yes. (laughs) I think what's more awkward is she didn't tell her son. It was just a very sudden thing. Very awkward. Yeah. Yeah. When police checked the phone records of the cell phone found in the truck, they found it had made an outgoing call to voicemail on November 12th, but it would have been locked inside the abandoned truck at the time. What? So a call was made while they were already gone, Mm -hmm. and the phone was inside the car that Uh was locked in the truck. Yeah. (gasps) Oh. That is creepy. Uh-huh. But whose voicemail? Their own voicemail? Yeah, like they called their own voicemail. Okay. Yeah. Think about why someone would do that. I don't know. To delete it. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. But who? So it's someone <laughs> close to them. Yeah. That would maybe know the code to get in. The phone? Yes. And sometimes you have to put in a PIN number to get to your voicemail, too. Oh, wow. Okay. Initially, Sheriff Futamp had thought foul play was involved, but he left the service. And the incoming sheriff, Jesse James, told press when asked about the case, he simply stated, It's a very strange deal, you know, the way this case has unfolded. We're looking at a lot of things. A lot of things have crossed my mind. And later, after leaving the police force, Futamp said, Normally, you can go through an investigation and one by one start to eliminate certain scenarios. 
We haven't been able to do that in this case. And with this family, everything seems possible. So I just want to go over several scenarios. Okay. For a moment, let's consider they got lost in the woods. Maybe they decided to go for a quick hike in the woods, lost their way, and died from hypothermia. The trouble with this theory is that the bodies were found lined up side by side with their faces down. They were also found three miles from their truck, and given Bobby's back problems, it was unlikely he would have also wanted to go walking Mm -hmm. in the hills for any reason at all. Right. Their truck was parked in such a way that it appeared that they were leaving and they were stopped by somebody. So I feel like it's someone they know and trust to not have a struggle. So it definitely could have been a murder-suicide because Sherilyn was known to own a twenty-two, and she carried it with her in the truck. The coroner found, you know, that hole in his skull, and it might have been from the bullet, but Sherilyn and Madison, they had no evidence of that on them, and the gun has never been found. Oh, okay. Never mind then. The gun has never been found because as you were talking, I have murder-suicide circled here. And I thought maybe they stopped. They went into the woods and he killed the girls, Sherilyn and the baby. Mm-hmm. I know she was not a baby baby, but and shot himself. But before then, went back to the truck, deleted. Oh, yeah. You know, the voicemail knelt, got on his knees, shot himself in the head and fell forward. But that doesn't explain the gun unless somebody took it or whatever. Yeah. He would have to lay pretty, you know, still or whatever. Well, and maybe it's because she was leaving him for real, maybe. I mean, she was, you know, I mean, 11 pages (laughs) is pretty, that's pretty strong feeling there. Yeah, it is. You know, it's not just like, you suck, I'm leaving. Uh Uh-uh. I mean... And they had $32,000. Maybe it was a, I'm taking this money and you can't stop me. Right. You don't know it, but that's happening right now. Right. Who knows? That's a good theory. Maybe someone came across the gun and removed it because they didn't want them to go down like that. Right. Who knows? Maybe it was a family member. Mm -hmm. It should also be considered that they were members of a satanic cult. Or so they say. Sherilyn's mother, Connie Kokotan, claims her daughter, son-in-law, and granddaughter was on an Oklahoma cult hit list. Uh-huh. Now, I showed you a picture of her. Right. She looks like actually a typical Karen. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but that oh. hair and all. Okay. I'm sure she's a very sweet woman. No, she is. However, I'm sure. maybe. I just think it's odd that police come to her and she's like, oh, there were on a hit list. I know it. She said this part of Oklahoma is known for that. Cults and stuff like that. From what I've been told and from what I've read, I was told that she was on a cult's hit list. No one says that. Mm-mm. Connie didn't provide the name of the alleged cult, and she didn't have any more information for police, not a name for them to follow up. It's super fishy. She's pointing a finger in another direction with absolutely no information. Right. I'm always I mean, at so least leery. bring something to the table. Give me a name. 
but something. She, she's close enough to the family mm-hmm. that she could she could have keys. She could have codes. It's someone close to them. Mm-hmm. But it also could have been a drug deal gone wrong, right? There's all this cash. The area of Oklahoma where the Jameson family lived, as well as the area they were hoping to move to in the Sandboy Mountains, is well known for drug activity, mostly meth labs. Mm. And Bobby had recently reported someone in the local area for running one. So in the surveillance video where Bobby and Sherilyn were seen packing their truck, the two also look thin, gaunt, and unwell, Mm. is how it's described. Usually, those are signs of drug use. Mm-hmm. Not saying, just saying usually. And they're saying, you know, drugs would explain the couple's erratic behavior. One theory is that the Jamesons came upon a drug exchange, saw them more than they were supposed to, and they were killed to keep them quiet. But why didn't the dealers search the truck and take the valuables? Take the money. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. or anything in that truck. But after a search of the house, police found absolutely no evidence that they were taking meth or any other illegal substances. There was no drug-related paraphernalia because that's what I thought. I'm like, man, they are on drugs. Yeah, and that was drug money. I mean, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. But, you know, maybe they got back pay from their Social Security or something like that. And then also, if you are making, if you do have a savings or whatever, a lot of times people won't put that in their account. Right. They stash that that away. And they're thinking about making this huge purchase, Mm -hmm. right, that day. So that could explain the money, too. Mm -hmm. Another theory is that Bobby's dad killed the family. The family had filed a protective order against Bobby's dad, Bob Dean Jameson, claiming that he had threatened to kill him over some business dealings. And in the protective order filed in April of 2009, Bobby alleged that his father had intentionally hit him with his car (gasps) on November 1st, 2008. And that he was a very dangerous man who thinks he's above the law. Like he ran him over? Yeah, he hit him with his car. He said his dad was involved with prostitutes, gangs, and meth. Obviously, his dad didn't care if he lived or died. Prior to his death, Bob Dean had a long-running feud with his son. It came to legal action when Bobby accused his dad of reneging on an agreement to give him half of the proceeds from the sale of a gas station he owned. Oh. Well, Bob used to get Bobby to work at the gas station. Bob threatened the family, and there were also rumors he had connections to the Mexican mafia. Oh, don't we all? (laughs) Bobby's father died two months after the family went missing in December 2009 at the age of 64. And Bobby's uncle, Jack Jameson, said Bobby's dad was either in a hospital or rest home at the time of the disappearance. He was a disturbed individual, but not capable of murder, is what Jack said. Even if he didn't commit the murders himself, could he have paid someone? I mean, it sounds like this guy is capable of a lot, in Mm -hmm. my mind. Right. 
Investigators said Bobby Dean had a solid alibi and dismissed him as a person of interest, but still, that's some shady shit in the family. So police also looked into another person. Oh my gosh, the list goes on and on. There was a white supremacist that the pair viewed as an enemy. Okay. A handyman and friend of the family, his name was Kenneth Bellows, lived with them for a short time. In August of 2009, it came up that Sherilyn was part Native American and Kenneth uncovered his very racist supremacist use. Well, I'm sorry. You should probably not live in Oklahoma. How about you shouldn't live? Or, well, period. I mean, yes, (laughs) you got that right. It's like, get your own place, buddy, you know? Right. Arguments between them broke out, and Sherilyn fired her twenty-two into the ground by his feet. So that shows you her her anger. Uh, She pointed a gun at him and forced him to leave the house. The man had a solid alibi, so police dismissed him as a suspect. But it's at least possible he had true connections to white supremacists and that Sherilyn's name wound up on some sort of hit list. Another thought is that the family may have been kidnapped by pedophiles to get to Madison. And I will tell you why. Okay. On the cell phone that is recovered, the very last picture is a very disturbing picture of Madison. They can't prove it, but friends and family believe it was not taken by her parents. In the picture, she's looking away from the camera. She looks unhappy. Um, Her arms are crossed. She just wouldn't have looked like that if they were taking her picture. So I'm looking at this picture, too, and I'm not sure. I mean, kids are kids. To me, it almost looks like blood on her cheek now it could be kool-aid for all i know but she i see what you're talking about she looks distressed and who knows maybe they just weren't great photographers i have so many pictures of my kids that (laughs) yeah but i i I do too almost just like this where i'm like let's go or you know look or they're sick of my pictures and they're like no i think it's a i think it's a thing of this is her, vi- it's the very last picture mm-hmm. on their camera. Okay. And it's not a good one. And it's just to know that those moments leading up to her death were traumatic. Um, you have to consider that, mm-hmm. that, that it could have been someone coming after her. And that's why. Okay. So then there's always witchcraft and possession. The family's pastor, Gary Brandon, told police during the initial investigation that the family had been involved in spiritual warfare and that both Bobby and Sherilyn had told him they had seen spirits at their home. Sherilyn said the spirits of a long-dead family lived with them. They, you know, found that witch Bible in the house after the disappearance And then the strange messages on the side of the container that the family had planned to move into sitting outside of their house. And one read, three cats killed to date by people in this area. Witches don't like their black cats killed. And she used two different kinds of paint colors, like black and red. Like when somebody is killing your cats, or was it? I mean, who was killing your cats? 
Was it her husband? Yeah. Was it somebody in the or was she just losing it? Right. But I did notice that she spelled by people B U Y. <laughs> okay. So I need to get one of those shirts that say I am silently correcting your grammar. <laughs> I think it's unlikely that this case will ever be solved. There really isn't enough forensic evidence to go off of. But from time to time, I do think about this. Google it. Just see what new things have come of it. Are the Jameson family murders something that we will be able to solve mm -hmm. with time? Yeah. Look at all these cold cases that have been solved over the last few months alone. I mean, cases that are 40 years old, 29 years old. I mean, it's been amazing the last few months. Yeah. So um, can I just throw out one other theory? Yes. I think so. You know, the house was haunted. I don't know if it said in any of those articles what was happening, if things were moved. I mean, the baby, Madison. Madison, Madison was talking to an imaginary friend. Could it be, because I'm not opposed to hauntings, obviously, that maybe they were really afraid or got in their head they need to die or, you know, you, you never know about dark spirits. And they tried to run away with that money. And I don't know. I do think, obviously, they had some mental things going on. Mm -hmm. But I, I think the spray paint was a big thing for me. Because it just kind of shows, obviously, your cats are dying. And that's going to upset you. That would yes. upset anyone. Sure. If yeah. I went home and my cats were poisoned, yeah, I would probably do some crazy shit, too. Right. That would be terrifying, mm -hmm. actually. If someone was doing that to my pets, I would start worrying about my kids. So the fact that they wanted to make a rush decision to leave that area, mm -hmm. plus with the hauntings or whatever they were experiencing, they did reach out for help. They did talk to a pastor. Right. Like, can you help us? Right. I do think it's interesting that there was no evidence of any type of drug use in that home. I really feel like if they were taking drugs, something would have turned up. Yeah. Or was somebody trying to get them off that land and messing with them on purpose, driving them nuts? The other thing that I haven't talked about or really considered is the last person to see them alive was the person that they were buying land from. Mm -hmm. What happened there? Yeah. Very weird. Yeah, very yeah. weird. I'm, you know, I'll be interested to hear what you guys are thinking, what might have happened or happened, really. I still feel like the murder-suicide is it for me. But then again, where's the gun? Did a raven saw something shiny on the ground and took it to its nest or whatever? Or maybe someone knew the cash was on them and followed them, but then they couldn't find it because it was under the seat, all in an envelope, like up under, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's not like it was shoved in the bag. That's obvious under, you know, you can see under the seat. It wasn't an envelope. And who called the voicemail and what was it? Yeah. And... Why couldn't anyone find their bodies for four years? I almost feel like they were moved and placed 
thereafter how else they were lined up perfectly as if someone had Mm -hmm. placed them perfectly Uh, how far away were they from the truck they were found three miles from the truck and they could not find them if they were there originally come on I mean, Oklahoma is so flat. I lived in Oklahoma for five years. I could see all the way from Chickasha to Tulsa and see who was coming. They were kind of in a mountain. Okay, they're not mountains. They're just oversized hills. (laughs) I don't even know why they're called mountains. Yes, I said it. I'm sorry, Oklahoma. I love you. I used to live there. But damn, Oklahoma is flat. And there are not that many leaves in Oklahoma either. Really? Yeah. I don't ever remember raking my yard, and I had a big tree in my yard. If a tree was in your yard, Alex would chop it down. He would I'm come not over. Allowed, I'm not allowed to have trees in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, very interesting, Andrea. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really curious to hear what you guys think. Let us know. Yeah. Let us know on Facebook. I will definitely put an alert on this story if that ever gets solved. I will be alerted first. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Interesting. I'm going to think about it on my drive home. Yeah. Like what could have happened? It's insane, isn't it? It is crazy. Well, thank you for listening. Stay tuned. Stay judgy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.